Hello and welcome to the Unworking podcast. I'm Ellie Dowds, Innovation Manager at Unwork, and it's a pleasure to be one of the hosts. In this podcast series, we'll be hosting exclusive discussions with innovators, thought leaders, authors, business leaders, and leading industry professionals who have a unique vision or perspective on the future of work and the workplace. Our mission is to provide a holistic overview of current and future trends, predominantly covering six key areas, people, place, culture, design, technology, and innovation. The past three years have been nothing short of transformative, as the pandemic forced the world to adapt to a new reality. We have seen work and workplace hugely affected, and it's a topic at the forefront of many minds. How we reimagine work in the workplace will be the overarching backbone of this podcast. Jessica White has an impressive tech career, spanning 23 years. As alumni of both IBM and Accenture, Jessica has been immersed in technologies which can be used to improve the human experience. Being a sales strategist and growth leader with a track record of building large-scale technology practices, Jessica applies these technologies in a way that optimises human performance, inclusion and connection. Jessica's interest in connection has opened up venues of exploration around our primal origins, how we communicate in the digital age and new ways of creating a deeper connection in an era of AI. WorkTech Events is very pleased to announce Jessica White as its specialist advisor for AI for the forthcoming year. Jessica will identify key themes about AI in the workplace for its influential global event series, which is now in over 41 cities around the globe. So Jessica, welcome to the podcast. I mean, it's so lovely to have you here today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. No, you're welcome. And I've been extremely excited to speak to you about sort of everything AI, the digital world, and especially where that leaves us as humans today. I mean, it's a hot topic at the moment, and it's so easy to get wrapped up in the world of technology. And I think it can also be really overwhelming for many. And so where do we even begin? Uh, So let's start with you. You've navigated a dynamic 23 years in tech. Are you able to share a pivotal moment that shaped your perspective on the intersection of technology and human connection? Yeah, yeah, I will. And I first would just want to say thanks to you guys for bringing AI to the forefront of uh, workplace technology. I think Unwork is certainly a pioneer in this space. And I love that we're having this conversation around AI because it's just so relevant to everything that's pervading, you know, what the people in our our world do today. Um, and it's certainly something we're all super passionate about. Um, the thing about this is that there's so many proof points that indicate that we have a biological need for connection, you know, especially now in the digital age and in this accelerated, this very new accelerated age of AI. I actually had the unique opportunity to grow up professionally um, in a time when IBM Watson was competing on Jeopardy. And I don't know if for those of us that are old enough to remember that, I'm definitely <laughs> myself, but it was a moment when the public was really forced to look face-to-face at AI and ponder, is it competitive or is it complementary? And certainly in that setting, it was competitive and in fact beat the two Jeopardy contenders. Um, And I think, honestly, we're still pondering that moment today. Um, And then, of course, there's the moment that we all shared, which is uh, COVID, where we, we physically lacked human connection. We were physically separated from each other in a very material way. And universally that kind of forced us all to acknowledge that, you know, something was missing and we were actively looking for ways to replace that connection. Yeah. And in today's tech driven world, I mean, those moments can sort of really help refine our thinking around it, both personally and as a business. 
and finding that really delicate balance between tech innovation and human connection I think is crucial. So given this growing integration of AI into our lives, there's been a lot of talk about its effects on social interaction. How does this basic need of, of socialising align with the current societal challenges, um, for instance, the loneliness epidemic? And what role does it have on either tackling or intensifying these challenges? I think you really hit on it just in the way you, you position that, right? Which is when we think about AI, we also have to think about human connection. And why is that? That's because, you know, if we go back to school, we all studied Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Um, (laughs) Remembering that we all have this basic physiology, like we need food and water, and we also need safety and security. And the pyramid sort of moves up and somewhere mid air, the mid part of the pyramid is this section of love and belonging. And, you know, even though we have so many tools today that were created with the intention of creating connection and let's say fostering love and belonging, those same tools research has proven can also make us feel more isolated. So these tools are optimized to grow our attention um, for commercial purposes, right? For advertising spend. And that time spent on devices is time not spent with humans. And yes, as a result, we are in an epidemic of loneliness. It's amazing. Stanford University did a study that says that loneliness is the number one reason why people seek therapy. And 59% of people, if you can believe this, that were as part of the study said that they don't know a single person that knows them well. And honestly, that's just, it's absolutely tragic. And especially post-COVID, like these, the new norms have shifted people and that people are either leaning in or they're, or they're kind of, they're moving out. Right. And that has created this, um, this epidemic of loneliness. Um, we, as people, we know that we have a biological need for connection. Um, and that biological need when it's not met actually not only creates loneliness, but it creates a higher rate of heart disease, diabetes, and other chronic disease. And, it's a real reason for corporations to pay attention for this need for connection. And as our lives become more automated, you know, automation being one of the greatest benefits of AI, um, where we can delegate the mundane and optimize our human capital. um, That means that in this era, we really have to focus heavily on is that automation intentional about connection and, um, on how can that technology really complement our human connections and our need for connection without replacing them? Yeah, I mean, especially post-COVID, right? Like you said, um, we've witnessed a, a heightened significance of a need for human connection, and it's sort of shifted people in two ways, either not taking social interaction for granted anymore and sort of thriving in the freedom of the world, or either really finding that need for more alone time um, from working from home becoming a non-negotiable for many. And it really does highlight the importance connections play in our well-being. Um, Like you said, it can lead you down the path of sort of chronic disease if you're not careful. Um, So perhaps we need to focus more on how technology can genuinely complement this sort of need without replacing it. Um, But shifting gears into the workplace landscape. So there's a lot going on in terms of workplace apps which help to enhance the return to office for many companies sort of helping with colleague interaction 
Um, but also we have some privacy and security concerns. So what strategies do you think companies should implement to strike this optimal balance between the two? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a really tough question. Um, first, I want to say that you know, return to work is so important when we think about human connection. And I can't tell you how many times I, I've heard people say that going into the office is a struggle. You know, I have to mm-hmm. take a shower. I have a commute. There's a lot of additional stress. But all of those same people will often say, too, if they're getting great workplace services, if there are opportunities for collaboration and they're experiencing connection in the office, that they're truly benefiting every day from that office experience. Um, And so AI is a great way to get people back into the office and just consider that generative AI is a productivity multiplier, right? So a, a recent MIT technology review found that an overwhelming majority of respondents, 92%, say that AI is having a positive impact on their work and more than a quarter of them call AI a miracle. And when we pilot or implement technologies that have some mileage on them, maybe they're not so high risk, they come from trusted companies, um, but enable productivity, it's a great way to get some quick wins as it relates to collaboration and return to office. And some of those platforms are like Microsoft Copilot 365, um, or for our clients who have standardized on Zoom, Zoom's AI companion. They boast strong productivity outcomes, but they're also enhancing things like creativity. Um, And then consider these technologies, like we're thinking about how to then use them in our return to office initiatives or just to create better connection in the office. You then can take these technologies and start to think about how does it impact AV? How does it impact my conference room upgrades? How does it impact my community spaces and office services? And then finally, just to answer your question about privacy, which is never an easy question to answer, but as we implement all these new tools, we need to make sure that they not only meet the data privacy standards of the past, and past could be as short term as last month, but they're also evolving with the ever-changing landscape of AI and that we're constantly revisiting those data and privacy standards and understanding how these tools collect data to know how it's going to impact changes we should make in the future. Yeah, and one thing that really stands out to me is the potential for these tools to possibly break down or bring together the silos within organizations, which, I mean, things like Viva Insights can help us to understand, um, like collaboration in the workplace. And it's great to see technology being used as an enabler as well. Um, I mean, at our WorkTech London conference recently, we saw that many employees today expect AI in the workplace. I mean, they're going to use it whether their employer sort of advocates it or not. Um, So I believe it's a great time for employees to adopt this and embrace a new way of working sort of instead of running away from it or shying away from it. Um, Could you elaborate for us on some tried and true platforms and how companies can effectively lean into this experimentation in this new era? Well, I love that you brought up Viva Insights because, you know, we've always had sentiment analysis, right? We've always surveyed our employees and understood what was their experience, but that is subjective and it's through their lens of experience, but it's not always completely indicative of their actual experience or how they're 
behaving in the workplace. And now we've got all these behavioral tools that allow us to capture data about how people are using, like, and even like next think, how, how are people using tools? How are they interacting? Are they inclusive? Are they diverse? Um, are they supporting disabilities? You know, so there's been so many advancements in this space. There is this new expectation of having a AI in the workplace. It's not unlike when we got mobile devices and everybody wanted the ease of what they could accomplish through their phone in the office or uh, what happened with Amazon, right? Where people were expecting things real time. ChatGBT um, created the same type of movement. Um, you know, ChatGPT reached 1 million users in five days. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> it's crazy because when we look at other platforms like X, like Facebook, like Spotify, like Instagram. It took years to get to that point, right? That's right. <laughs> I mean, some of them had really accelerated cycles of two months. Some of them took mm-hmm. two years to establish the same base. And that's because all of a company's employees are already using generative AI in some app form, you yeah. know, to generate their LinkedIn profile, um, you know, backgrounds, um, to generate better images on social, whatever, whether they know it or not, they're using generative AI. And so they expect the same really exciting capabilities uh, in the office. And you're right. It's about unlocking human potential through AI as well, which is essential for maintaining competitiveness, but does also give us breathing room for innovation by freeing up time for the creative process, which, as we know, creativity is a key element. So how can we use AI as a catalyst for innovation within the workplace to really spark that creativity? I love I love that question because, you know, <laughs> it's so easy with AI to focus on the scary stuff, you know, and the, you know, how daunting it is and where to get started. But the, the reality is it's super easy to get started with AI and it's a great tool to use to spark creativity. Um, we can use AI to improve an office experience, to re-energize RTOs like we talked about. But there are some things that AI is sort of the perfect partner for when it comes to creativity. Like when you think about brainstorming and you think about design thinking initiatives, um, what's great about AI is it's not precise, right? We know our our roles are changing instead of being creators, we're now becoming curators or editors as AI starts to put more of our content together. Well, in the case of brainstorming, it's kind of perfect because whatever they say is going to spark some sort of stimulating conversation, even if it's a hard no, that's not what we're talking about. It does challenge us to think about things differently. So AI is is fabulous in that way. And there's all these new integrations between Mural AI and Microsoft Copilot, for example. So, so many of our clients yeah. standardized on Microsoft Teams. You can bring design thinking now into that team collaboration and really like take your whiteboards to the next level and think about Um, Again, conference room technology initiatives. And when you start to integrate AI through Mural AI and maybe these other tools, it can really bring that design thinking or creative process to light. Uh, You know, there, there are other ways too, right? Like, you know, we want AI to be a collaborative process, right? We don't want people to feel like AI is something that's being done to them, <laughs> but really rather it's something that's going to optimize their experience. And so um, 
another way to really excite employees um, around AI is to um, use them to um, help test out new AI technologies. Um, uh, Accenture is a really great uh, digital concierge. We've probably seen at some of the work tech events um, where you've got, um, you know, someone to interact with that's helping explain the office services that looks human-like. Um, or you have, you know, crazy things like um, a robotic dog, right? We always had that in the office at at, at the Accenture um, One Manhattan West office. Um, that Ghost Robotics creates a great version of that dog. Um, the second evolution of AI is, is such a significant step forward in human-like and animal-like interaction that agents can be trained so easily. And um, creating those foundational models is easier than ever. In fact, a lot of them are already created and you can then just train and build upon it. So when we integrate employees into that learning and the training process, it can really, it's just another way to um, engage people in the office and add some pizzazz to what we're already doing to serve employees. Um, and then um, finally, um, AI has the ability to both be a creative engine as well as enforce things like brand standards in the workplace. I love companies like Ryder um, who are focused on using AI to enforce brand standards so that our employees can focus on the act of creating. So kind of you can use AI to just make sure that a lot of the governance and standards and things that we need in place happen so that we're kind of freeing ourselves up for that creative process. Yeah, and I guess that all sort of ties back into culture as well and sort of allowing employees to have that creativity and fostering collaboration in the workplace really leads to building an effective workplace culture. And it's just amazing to see the rapid progress in the space as well in terms of AI and the robot dogs that you mentioned. So, Mm -hmm. Jessica, with it being the start of a new year, everyone has the same ambition of starting it strong. And you've suggested beforehand of aligning values and governance to AI pursuits. How can organizations create a rubric to measure these values and what should their steps be in the process? Yeah, it's a, such a good question. It's the one we're, we're all really thinking about. And I want to just start by acknowledging 2023, which was, quite frankly, a roller coaster year for AI. You know, we, we expect an accelerated pace of change in the AI space because that's the nature of the technology. But we don't always expect the same pace of change when it comes to uncertainty and leadership and development of standards and ethics violations. Um, and honestly, I think, you know, there's so much more to come in 2024. You know, this year we had, you know, executive orders. We had the AI Safety Summit in the UK. We had, you know, the changes at OpenAI and we had changes at Meta which are really kind of shaping and making us aware of of ethics and governance in the AI space. Um, And so in 2024, this is a great time to revisit those ethics and standards for AI. You know, use the first quarter to realign your digital workplace standards to your AI priorities. And you may not even know what those priorities are yet, but it starts with taking your corporate values and establishing a rubric for assessing the implementation of every use case against those standards and those values. And it's easy to get away from that because, you know, AI is so easy to use and, oh, I just want to pilot it here. I want to pilot pilot there. But it's really important how we are going to use AI that we start to think about it through that lens of corporate values and human connection. 
Um, so you want to make sure that your values are aligned to your use cases and also that your data privacy standards are up to speed for how AI ethics should be applied, not just in these big enterprise automations, because AI is being used at a, you know, a very, at, at a very large scale in our in our community, you know, we think about teams, we think about Microsoft and we think about things like energy and utilities and they're being AIs being used at large scale, but it's also being used as we talked about and, you know, for creativity or for ways of engaging employees in the office. All of those are use cases that should be considered and put through this rubric of AI ethics. Yeah, and it's so important to ensure responsibility with the integration of AI as well, which is something we're seeing more and more. And navigating this fine line between enhancement and privacy is a nuanced challenge, which is becoming more and more apparent. Um, you mentioned the the AI Safety Summit and governance relating to AI as well. So where can where can you go to find out more information about that? Yeah, this is you know constantly changing and emerging. I mean, we just had the announcement out of the UK for this new global hub tasked with testing the safety of emerging types of AI. And it's being backed by leading AI companies in the US, across Europe, and in some of the more developed nations. So, you know, I think we're all keeping our eye on the news and the headlines, but really following these organizations that are committed to the safety standards um, is going to be really important as we consider how we translate the broader AI ethics and safety standards to our own corporate use cases. Yeah, absolutely. And as we wrap up this conversation, Jessica, considering your wealth of knowledge and experience, what final piece of advice would you offer to our listeners as they navigate this evolving landscape of AI, human connection and the workplace? Well, first, remembering that when we think about AI, we also need to think about it through the lens of human connection. And are we accomplishing connection in the way that we're implementing AI or are we isolating or not being inclusive? It's really important to have that mindset. But uh, as we say in the article, you know, keep AI in the forefront of all your workplace initiatives. It's not going away. It's only going to advance and, and certainly at an accelerated pace. And think about AI, not just in how you serve your constituents in workplace and the broader employee community, but also how you can use AI to execute the projects with your teams. And finally, buckle up. <laughs> uh, 2024 <laughs> is going to be a really wild ride um, as we think about uh, developments in AI. Yeah, I mean, I mean, definitely over here at Unwork and WorkTech, we're excited to see sort of what's going to happen next in this space. I mean, like you said, so much has happened already this year. Um, so, I mean, we're excited for next. But Jessica, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure having you here and sort of shedding some light on the world of AI. Um, so thank you for joining us. And where can people go if they would like to find out more from you or about AI? Uh, they can visit my LinkedIn page. Also, very soon, we're going to have um, kind of a, think of it as an institute for human connection called Circles. You'll be able to find that on LinkedIn. And also uh, you can connect with me through my various Women in Web3 initiatives. Amazing. So we'll pop all the details in the description below for our listeners. And thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Thank you guys. If anything discussed in this episode has piqued your curiosity and your desire to delve deeper into the future of work and the workplace, we invite you to reach out to us. Connect to us by sending us an email to infounwork.com. 
We value your engagement and appreciate you being a listener of the Unworking podcast. Thank you for tuning in and we look forward to bringing you more thought-provoking content in the future.